good, sir. Marriott rapidly surmised that his DDI was not in the best of moods this morning. But what he was about to tell him would, Marriott feared, only make matters worse. Anything happening? It was a question Hardcastle asked his first-class sergeant every day on his arrival at Cannon Row. He sat down behind his desk and began to fill his pipe. Yes, sir. Mr. Fitnam's gone sick. What? exclaimed Hardcastle, glaring at his sergeant. What the blue blazes has Mr. Fitnam's state of health got to do with me, Marriott? he demanded. Arthur Fitnam was the DDI in charge of the Criminal Investigation Department of V Division at Wandsworth, some five miles away from Scotland Yard. A sergeant from Commissioner's Office brought a message across from Mr. Wensley, sir, not ten minutes ago. There's been a murder at Kingston, and Mr. Wensley's directed that you investigate it. Marriott placed a sheet of paper on the DDI's desk. Hardcastle donned his spectacles and read through the brief note from Detective Chief Inspector Frederick Wensley, the head of the CID at Scotland Yard. It informed him that Colonel Sir Adrian Rivers had been found murdered at his home on Kingston Hill early that morning, and concluded with the instruction, In view of DDI Fitnam's incapacity, you are hereby directed immediately to undertake the investigation. God damn it! Hardcastle was furious that Wensley always appeared to take the view that nothing of importance ever happened on A Division, and that its DDI could be spared for out-of-town jobs. But only those serving on what was known informally as the Royal A Division appreciated its problems. With Buckingham Palace, St James's Palace, Parliament, Downing Street, Westminster Abbey and the government offices in Whitehall, all within his area of responsibility, Hardcastle was aware that it was the most sensitive division in the whole of the 800 square miles of the Metropolitan Police District. But he said nothing of this to Marriott. It would be most improper to criticise a superior officer to a subordinate. Easiest way to get there, sir, is a train from Waterloo to Norbiton and then a taxi. Marriott, knowing that Hardcastle would want to know, had already checked in Bradshaw, the comprehensive railway timetable, and had details of the route at his fingertips. Hardcastle grunted and glanced at his chrome hunter pocket watch before dropping it back into his waistcoat pocket. I suppose we'd better go and see what this is all about then, Marriott. And seizing his umbrella and bowler hat, he made for the door. The Grange, Sir Adrian Rivers's imposing ivy-clad house, was in Penny Lane, a quiet turning off Kingston Hill. A gravel drive wound its way around the edge of a spacious front lawn to a flight of steps that led up to the front door. That and the windows were gothic in design, the entire facade giving the impression that it had originally been a parsonage. But a tower had been added to one side of the house at a later date, the effect of which was to lend the dwelling a lopsided aspect. To the right, and some way back from the building line, was a stable, the doors of which were opened to reveal a Rolls-Royce silver ghost. "'There's a bit of sausage and mash here, Marriott,' was Hardcastle's only comment as they mounted the steps. "'Can I help you, sir?' A policeman stepped in front of Hardcastle, barring the way. "'DDI Hardcastle of A, and I'm here to look into this murder. "'Very good, sir.' The PC stepped back and gave the bell-pull a sharp tug. 
The man who answered the door was attired in black jacket and pepper and salt trousers. Good morning, sir. May I help you? Police, said Hardcastle. Are you the butler? Yes, sir. Beach is my name. The butler half bowed, exuding deference. Good. Where's this here body? Sir Adrian is in the main bedroom, sir. Beach raised his eyebrows, clearly taking exception to what he perceived to be a lack of respect for his dead master. Lead the way, then. I haven't got all day. Hardcastle pushed past the butler and stopped in the tiled entrance hall. There were several doors leading from it and a winding staircase to one side. At the foot of the stairs stood another policeman. With a sniff and a raised chin, the butler mounted the stairs and indicated a door. A third policeman was seated on a chair outside.